There are many things about, about God and, and revelation which are difficult to understand. One of the things, of course, you know, people often struggle with is you know, the existence of hell. You know, how can there be a hell that you know, people who would suffer sort of fiery torment? And uh, the people who have a hard time believing in that never lived in Phoenix. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. So the, the Blessed Trinity, okay, now there's all kinds of writings, right? All kinds of theologians have written and tried to not explain fully the nature of God. This is impossible. But they've tried to say this is why God as a Trinity is not, um, or the reason why it could be rational, it could be reasonable, understanding fully that, you know, Thomas Aquinas and Augustine uh, particularly always understanding they could never fully explain the infinite God. How is that possible? Now, I'm not gonna go into to that sort of thing today, sort of explaining the, in the traditional way our understanding of how God could be a trinity. Rather, um, let's just say or answer the question, why do we believe as Catholics, and of course every Christian who, you know, every Christian denomination believes this as well, although they don't know why because they don't have any history. But, but as Catholics, why do we understand God as a trinity? And the answer is very simple, because that's who he said he was. And then all of the stuff that came afterward, the hundreds of years as the church was trying to figure out, basically, okay, God revealed himself, the Father, Jesus as well, and then sending the Spirit, God revealed himself as this trinity. How do we understand this? And then they began to write about it, et cetera. But basically the reason we believe he's a trinity is because he said so, which is kind of my short answer to everything. Why do I have to confess my sins to a priest? Because God said so. Why do I have to? Because God said so. It's a pretty simple answer. And for some people, that's enough. You know, it, we don't really need to understand why or how God is a trinity, but he has said he is. And, you know, if God isn't trustworthy, who are we gonna trust? So what does it mean that God is a trinity? It means that you have three persons, each sharing the same divine nature. It's analogous to, if you think of a, a three-person family, mom, dad, and, and child, you know, Bob and Nancy and Doug, Doug's the son, Bob, Nancy, and Doug, three persons, they each share the same nature, human nature. It's like that, but not exactly like that. You have the first person of the Trinity, the Father, second person of the Trinity, the Son, and of course, the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit, each distinct from each other, but sharing the same nature, namely divine nature, the divine nature. Um, the reason we know that God is this way is because he's told us so, that this is who he is. Now, that's the what. I mean, that's the dogmatic, the church teaching, the dogmatic expression, three persons in one divine nature, each distinct but related to each other because of their person. Now, last week I talked about, because it was Pentecost, specifically the Holy Spirit, why does God send the Holy Spirit? God sends the Holy Spirit so that he made his own love may dwell within us, right? As you remember from last week, the Father 
from all of eternity loves the Son and the Son from all of eternity loves the Father and that love, that bond of love between them is the Holy Spirit. So God sends the Holy Spirit to us, the Father and Son send the Holy Spirit and by virtue of the Holy Spirit, God's love is able to dwell within our souls and habituate there, right? Stay there in a stable way in, in our souls. And so I talked about why that's good for us that God would be within us. But I wanna talk about it a little bit deeper in relation to the Trinity. If you consider your closest friends and you know, your spouse and maybe your children and your, and your parents, depending on your relationship, but, but no doubt your closest, closest friends, whether they just be you know, friends or, or your beloved, one of the most important aspects of that relationship is the intimacy therein. And I'm not talking about principally sexual intimacy, I just mean more so emotional intimacy, right? The, the kind of intimacy you would have with a friend, with, with your loved, loved one, with your beloved. This kind of intimacy that ought to be a part of every real close relationship. And that intimacy includes a vulnerability Right? A vulnerability, which is to say, I know that I'm safe with my close friend. I know that I'm safe with my beloved. And because I feel safe, I can share my heart. I can share my, my hopes. I can share my fears. Right? I can, I can share how I really, really feel. Whereas, you know, people who are outside of that zone, there's certain boundaries. You don't share that much, right? Only people who you really feel safe with are you gonna share really your heart? And this is a really important aspect of every close relationship. And it's how you, you, you continue to grow you know, closer together in friendship or, or in marriage, et cetera. That ability to be vulnerable with the other, to truly bear your heart, it's important. And these are really the best you know, relationships we have. Well, when we look at the Blessed Trinity, Right? The Blessed Trinity exists from all of eternity as a community of persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, bonded together in love from all of eternity. And by virtue of the second person of the Trinity becoming man, and by virtue of the Spirit being sent, not only are we just receiving the Spirit into our souls so that God may transform us, we talked about that last week, but at an even deeper level, what God is doing is inviting us into his, his existence. He's inviting us to share his interior life, this interior life of Father, Son, and Spirit. He wants us to be a part of that. So not only is he giving us the Spirit to transform us, but in doing so, he's inviting us to be a part of that kind of relationship, the kind of relationship that, that we have with our you know, closest friends, like that. So the Lord desires that kind of intimacy and that kind of vulnerability. And, and of course, you know, in, in a very real way, Jesus went first with being vulnerable by becoming man, right? The second of the person of the Trinity unites the divine nature with human nature. And as he lived his life, he was vulnerable for all of us, principally, or 
you know, culminating with his vulnerability, giving his very life up for us on the cross. So God desires then to have that kind of relationship with us, this intimate relationship where there's vulnerability. And that can be, it, it's, you know, it's different when you have a close friend and you've been, you've been close friends or your, your, your wife or your husband, you've been together a very, very long time. You've been able to work on that. We don't always see God in that same way, which is unfortunate because that's what he wants most of all. He wants our hearts. He wants us to give over ourselves to him so that we are truly intimate with him. We're truly vulnerable with him. And again, this can be difficult because it's, it's God and he's not like standing there, you know, it's this spiritual relationship. And it can be even a bit frightening to do or difficult to do until we start practicing it more and more. But I would, what I'd like all of us to do is, is this week particularly is examine our relationship with God. Because if our relationship with God is, is more just focused on duty, uh, we go to mass, we do the Catholic stuff, and then we're done, that's not really what God's after. Just checking the box, right? We know that. What he's after is more than just duty or obligation. That's you know, that's the lowest level really of relationship, duty and obligation. What he wants is something much, much deeper so that our presence at mass isn't just about duty and obligation. It's about opening our hearts to allow God to dwell within us more profoundly, continuing to nurture that relationship with God. It's not so much that God needs to nurture it, God is waiting for us to open ourselves up to him so that he may dwell therein as fully as possible. And so this week, what I'd like you to do is, is just reflect on that throughout the week. How close is my relationship with Jesus, with the Father, with the Spirit? Have I really given my heart to God? Am I afraid to share my heart with God? You know, can I actually pray in such a way or just throughout the day extemporaneously share my feelings with God, my fears with God, my successes, my hopes, my, my sadness, my anxiety, whatever it is. I'm just naming my stuff, but you know, it tends to be kind of common, right? Can I share all of that with God and bring him in? Because usually what happens is, you know, when, when times are really, really tough and we're suffering or somebody close to us is suffering, then we're really ready to pull God in. But when things are going well, or they're just kind of going, sometimes we, we let that relationship go. And what the Lord wants is for us to always be drawing him in. Even when we're off track, even when we're sinning, even post sin, you know, he wants to be a part of it. We have a loving God who will not reject us, who is simply waiting to be invited in. If you look at Jesus and you look at the, uh, the parables, particularly regarding salvation, they're very often focused on him inviting or the father inviting. They're all about invitation, never about really, well, not never, but they don't tend to focus on obligation or, and certainly not mere guilt or coercion, but really about a free act 
a free act of invitation that we give to God. So this week, maybe take a risk. Now, some of you might be great at this already, and that's fantastic. And, and those of you who are open your hearts to God and you're already in there, you know, in that kind of uh, practice, you know that that can always go deeper. But those of you who haven't tried that yet, just simply try that throughout the week. You know, you have a bad morning and you share that with God. Lord, this was a horrible morning. I invite you into this, help me with this. Or it was a great morning, invite him into that. Invite him into your sorrows, invite him into your anxieties, invite him into your fears and your hopes and your joys. And just see, just see the magnificent things that God is going to do in your life. Please stand.